and, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, a podcast where we will enlighten you of all the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Katherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this work since 2005 and have learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yeah? How much do you like negotiating? Ooh, like haggling for a car? Exactly. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does hate it, but there does come a time when you get to the final step and you've been offered a job and you need to negotiate what you're going to come and work for. That's true. And you know, a lot of people don't do a very good job of negotiating. And especially for whatever reason, women don't tend mm -hmm. to negotiate. There's a lot of statistics around how women often just accept the offer as right. opposed to men will negotiate, whether it's for money or something else, but they'll work to get what's going to work best for them as well. Exactly right. And, and I don't know if that's just a case of where um, women are just so happy to get the job or whatever, but I, I think in a lot of cases, people just don't know that they can do that. They get the offer like, okay, well, this is it. I guess I have to take it, you know, and you don't. Yes. <laughs> and then conversely, the other side of that is there's a reality check to it, right? Absolutely. There's, you can negotiate a little, you can explain some things that are important to you, but at the end of the day, the company can afford what they can afford. Right. Like there is a limit. Right. So don't <laughs> go in asking for the world and expecting that or think you're just, you know, so hot and they love you that they're going to give you whatever they want. They'll, I mean, they can, they're, they're willing to negotiate too. Um, but usually, and I would, I guess, like to say that a lot of this should be known up front. Um, so when you're in the interview process or whatever, know at least what you're, what you're talking about when you go in there, that this is a job that you want. And, you know, if it's talked about salary in the job description, more than likely that's where they're going to be at. And if not, you know, maybe during that job, uh, that job interview is when you can ask. Yeah. It's really bad form after you've gone through multiple interviews and they've made you an offer to mm -hmm. come back and ask for, you know, 50% more or something. Right. You were never in their range, right. and that wasn't fair to them or you. So just, right. you know, you you have to at least be in the ballpark, or you shouldn't continue having the conversation. Yeah, and I, I think some of the strategy people have behind that is if I can go in and get this job, and they love me, I can um, I can ask for more. But typically, they know what they can afford going in, and it's not going to be, you know, like you had said, 50% higher than what they had posted. Yeah, and it's there's all kinds of limitations. Maybe a smaller business, they only have so much to spend. Mm -hmm. Or a larger companies, they often have those, like, tiered kind of systems where, you know, this job fits within one of these ranges. It's not just kind of a free-for-all. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the, the person you're working with doesn't always have, you know, every every um, ability to just choose to pay you wherever they want or give you whatever benefits right. they want. There may be limitations they're working within. So it's good to just be upfront and honest about all the way through the process. And and we are, since we are talking about money up front, which, you know, what most of this is about anyway, um, it's, it's really good to also think, if I accept this job, I, I can't come back in a year and say, well, now I'm going to get that 50% more. They're pretty much sticking to what, what they have. And uh, unless there's some, you know, strange circumstance where that has been um, decided upon ahead of time, I have, I've never seen anyone come in and, and try somebody out and then actually give them more money. Yeah, and that's a really great point. We've even seen people coming back after like a month or a couple of weeks. And that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you accepted the position for, you know, whatever you accepted it for, you should expect to be at that salary for at least like the first year. Absolutely. Um, if, if during the negotiation, maybe there's a conversation about you're looking for a little bit more and they can't afford it, but 
you both agree to you know come back and talk about it in the after three months or after six months that's fine you can bring it back up if you had that conversation but if you didn't Mm -hmm. it's not on the table right (laughs) right so uh, we're gonna probably bring this up a couple of times but definitely get that sort of thing in writing you know if if you are under some sort of perception that you know the salary is going to change get it from their hr department somebody that is an authority to sign a letter (laughs) um and and essentially get that in writing but typically the deal is the deal when you're walking in but there are other things you can negotiate for too yeah absolutely and a lot of that goes back to some of the other things we've talked about like knowing what's most important to you sometimes it's not money right for, for a lot of people it's not it's time or flexibility Mm -hmm. or additional education or you know there's all kinds of things that may be important to you and that you may be willing to offset offset a little money to get you know something else that's really important to you and this kind of goes back to just the first episode that we did with this where we're talking about what people value um it might be a case where you know perhaps you have a, a sick relative you have young children and time is what's most important for you. You might need a couple of days that you need to work from home or that would make your life a little bit easier. Have some flexibility to get, you know, parents or whatever to the doctor um, if you have a sick parent. Um, but those are sort of things that don't cost them anything, um, especially if you can kind of work it out where it's like, well, if I can come in late on Wednesdays, I will work late on Wednesdays or I will work um, 10, day, uh, 10 hours a day for four days versus, you know, eight hours for five days. So there's that sort of um, thing. Those sort of things are really are kind of what in flux are, I'm sorry, some of those things are a little bit in flux and you can negotiate those. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it, it may not be an expense to them as long as you can still produce the work and mm-hmm. get the job done they need. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be, it could work out great for everyone. You know, often that kind of stuff is not ever even brought up, but honestly, it's as valuable as cold hard cash <laughs> right and and while there is still a, a lot of companies out there that do like to have that face time they are coming more and more to the realization that they do have to offer that flexibility so if that is something you need this is the time to talk about it don't think about talking about it after you've accepted the job don't talk about it two weeks after you're into the job oh by the way um all of that just really reflects poorly on you yes Absolutely. Like once you accept and say yes, whatever that deal is that you said yes to, that's the deal, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, over time, can you negotiate other, you know, pay or titles or opportunities or whatever? Yes, maybe if you stay with the company. But what you agreed to is what you're agreeing to. So don't sort of feel like you said, oh, well, after the first couple of weeks, I'll come in and ask if I could work from home three days a week. That is not the time to ask. Yeah, that is not <laughs> what they agreed to. And that's what it always goes back to is what is agreed to at this time before you officially say yes. And again, that is something that is just kind of all over the map. So you have to be a little good at navigating it. But the one way that you can really kind of keep a handle on it is to always be timely in your response. Um, there sometimes could be a lot of back and forth. Um, try to make that as minimal as possible too, because I think sometimes people get tired of negotiating and just say, you know what, you're just asking for too much or you're being difficult and the conversation's over and you don't want to get to that sort of position either. So, um, know what you want, try and get it done in one ask maybe, or possibly a second, but don't let it drag on for weeks or you know, you're going back and forth like 10 times trying to nickel and dime each other to get this job because, again, you're going to walk in on the first day and you already hate each other. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, unrelated to work, but I always think this about house negotiation. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're buying a home for, you know, possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars, but people are negotiating over like 
a $2,000 difference or something. Right. Oh my gosh, just someone give in and and get to where you need to be. You're so close. Right. Is it worth, like you said, nickeling and diming And you spread that out over like a 30-year mortgage and what is it? Who are you debating pennies here at that point? And and it's the same situation. Right. if, If you're getting, if you're close to what you want, decide if it's close enough. Like there is a point where someone just has to say okay or or not mm-hmm. or not okay and we're, we're going to walk away so I agree with not going back and forth a million times and also for me I prefer to have those conversations like just have a phone call mm-hmm. it's really hard oh You're, yeah you know emailing back and forth and and so on and often I will say hey can we have a phone call but if the hiring manager doesn't like, you you could ask hey I have a couple questions could we set up a 15 minute mm-hmm. phone call they will generally say yes. Yeah, People aren't going to say no, I won't talk to you on the phone if they're interested in hiring you. That is an excellent point because we know that sometimes um, intent gets lost in emails and things like that. And if it just sounds like you're just making out a list of demands, you know, it turns more into like almost like a ransom letter than it does you know, a discussion. <laughs> so just get on the phone, let them hear your tone, let them, you know, talk through some of these things too because you're not, you don't just want to lay it out and say, here's the deal. And it's never fun when they do that to you either. It's either this, you know, take it or leave it. Um, so that conversation, I think, it is really going to add a lot of value and possibly get you more of what you want. Yes. So I think that you can have the most success going into negotiation for anything that mm-hmm. we're talking about for jobs um, by doing your research and being prepared up front. So of all the times, this is when you want to be prepared going into that conversation, especially if you're having the phone call or you expect they're going to give you an offer write down, you know, what exactly do you really need to get? And what's what's a must-have and a nice-to-have? Yes. Because the must-haves, like, if you can't get that, you can't take the job. That's super important. Mm-hmm. But the nice-to-haves are maybe the little bonuses that you're willing to trade for something else. Like, oh, well, if you won't give me X, how about Y? Because I'd be happy with that, too. And, and maybe you can get a few of the nice-to-haves in exchange for something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, making yourself notes, like we're always into, you know, jotting down some notes um, so that you're going in prepared. You don't get caught off guard or forget something super important. Then later you have to come back. "Um, I forgot to ask for this thing that really, really matters to my whole family. (laughs) You don't want to do that. Exactly. (laughs) It turns into a hindsight thing. They're like, "Ah, we were pretty sure with what we offered you. But again, talking about, you know, staying at home or or things like that, what if that cuts down on... um, some of your daycare expenses and things like that. So maybe you can take a little bit lesser pay in exchange for that time. Maybe your ultimate dream is to start your own business. And, you know, it's like I'll take a little bit less to um, really kick off this opportunity I want to start creating for myself. So really think big picture about this. I, I think people get really stuck with, you know, it's just that dollar amount. You know, mm-hmm. I made, you know, $60,000 at my last job, and I have to make sixty-five at this job. Well, if you hated your last job, was it really worth it? <laughs> what could you get in exchange for this one that would have made that a little bit better? And, you know, things like growth opportunities and um, maybe leading a team for the first time. All of that comes back in spades. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, where is this job taking you? Where it's where's it leading you? Mm-hmm. It may not be, you know, like you said, just money, but yeah, uh, growth opportunities or the thing, you, the opportunity to learn the thing that will help you get the next big job that you really want. Right. All those things factor in. We we know that creative people like to move around a lot, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we might as well just embrace that idea, and say that you might just be at this particular job to learn an additional skill, get some management experience. Um, but, you know, still really coming in and, and changing their lives, too, because you have to look at it from their perspective as well, what they're going to be getting out of you, what they're paying for. Yeah, which is actually an excellent point as well. Um, 
just know what you're giving up or signing up for for what they're paying you. Mm-hmm. So this job may also pay a whole lot more than your last job. That comes with expectations, which yes. is fine. But know what the expectations are. This may also be a place that's an 80-hour a week mm-hmm. you know, schedule. And you may be fine with that, but know that's what you're signing up for. Don't be surprised. Right. The responsibilities might be bigger, um, more time dedication, more travel. And if, yeah, if that's what you want to do, then you know, go ahead and sign. But um, if you're like, I don't want to be away or I hate travel or I'm afraid of planes, or <laughs> you, these are things that you might want to think about and say, you know what, no amount of money is going to make me want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there is, you know, some level of research you can do. Obviously, some of it's just soul searching, mm-hmm. knowing what's important to you, talking to, you know, families, whoever else this decision may affect. Um, but also doing some research around like what are appropriate salaries for this role. Hopefully you already did that earlier mm-hmm. in your job search, but sometimes you don't know. It's sort of until the job is like sort of presented, you don't know exactly what you're comparing to. So there are great places online. You can do a quick Google search mm-hmm. and find um, there's quite a few different websites, PayScale and Pay.com, things like that, where you can put in some typical job titles or descriptions. A lot of times you can filter down by your uh, location, mm-hmm. which obviously affects very much, you know, up or I down the, s- the salary. Yes, because <laughs> a, a job in New York is going to pay completely different than it will be like in the Midwest, for example. Yeah, although not as completely differently as you might think, given the cost of living. So, you know, that <laughs> salary in Ohio might go a lot further That's than right. San Francisco or New York, too. So, you know, knowing that, kind mm-hmm. of balancing that. Um, but, you know, doing your research. And then I think that you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. So you I like to find two or no, I like to find three or four, you know, numbers. Mm -hmm. And I usually throw out, there's usually an outlier that's like super high or super low. I just throw that one out because I figure there's something wrong there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and average the others. That gives you a general idea or that, or those two or three give you a range. But then you also have to know what your, you know, experience and expertise brings to the table plus or minus, do you have you know, more expertise, more experience, or less? And, you know, just what do you need to make? And what can they pay? Like, you could do all the research in the world and say, yo, this job should pay X. I have found seven sources online. <laughs> At the end of the day, the company range is what it is. Back to all the reasons we said before, they have limitations. So you can't go in with, like, your stack of data to tell them their, their price range is wrong. Yeah, exactly. And there's other little hidden things, too. Like if you're doing a relocation, for example, and you want to, let's say you're going to New York, the salary you made somewhere else might just get you a little tiny one-bedroom studio. And if you're okay with that, that's great. But you can also do things like see if they'll pay for your transportation to work, like maybe your subway pass or your parking pass or or something like that. Um, these are little things that they are um, usually very common that people ask for. And I would put that in a, in a form of a question, just not so much demand, but say, do you pay for this? Do you pay for this? And start just doing the math in your head is how much that's going to be costing you to work for this place. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you don't have a car in parking, so you <laughs> save some money. You know, like maybe you have to get a car. All, or you have to get a <laughs> car and it costs you a fortune. So, yeah, how all of that balances out. So I... I think it's good to do your research and have it, and then you almost have to set it aside and just look at the job that's on the table yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's good to be informed and have that knowledge. And, and if you just have decided, you know, they're 
paying just way too low and, and you can't take it, you know, whether it's the average or not or whatever, you have to move on. Like right. you're not going to probably convince them to change it that right. much. Right, and you ultimately would not be very happy. So right. I'm losing money working here now. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, you know, then you just have to, like we were saying before, you just have to work with basically here's the range that they're in. So what else, mm-hmm. you know, back to those things that maybe don't cost them a lot that are, you know, very important or can be a big uh, quality of life thing for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, something like, uh, you know, commuting, balancing commuting expenses and things like that that can really start to add up and make a difference. That's where you, you start factoring all of those things in. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, ultimately, you do, like, again, you want to have a, a job that you're going to be happy with. And sometimes that is the opportunity. Sometimes that's the freedom. And you have to really sit and think if that those are the things that you would like to do. Um, sometimes a higher salary does come with a cost, so you would have to be prepared for that, too. Yeah. Um, there's also some etiquette about when and how you ask for it. So you touched on it before, you know, have that phone call, have a conversation, right. not a, you know, bulleted list. And it's also not the first interview. Yes. And it's not <laughs> the first interview. So, you know, m- maybe this is obvious. And I think we touched on it a little bit before, but you don't really start talking about what you'll be paid. It's fine to ask what the salary range mm-hmm. is early on because you want to know if you're even in the ballpark. Right. But it is not appropriate to ask about like what you'll be paid and even what you know benefits and co- yeah. expenses and so on are. I again, I think it's okay to ask a general idea. Do you offer health care? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. That's probably something you may need to know up front. But you know, don't ask for their like list of premiums and, <laughs> and healthcare plan choices in the first interview. You know, so this because you are nowhere near having the job at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's just too soon, and it feels like that. It's like. On a date, you know, it's just too soon. <laughs> Don't forget marriage on the yeah, first date. How many kids it's would you like to have? It's just <laughs> too soon. So it's the same sort of thing. So we're really talking about a conversation that you're having, you know, several meetings in. You've probably mm-hmm. had a phone call, an interview or two, and they're they're saying to you, we would like to make you an offer. That's when you start having these conversations. Right. And this is when you get into those, you know, real details. And there there is etiquette to that that can really put someone off if you're bringing up this kind of detail too soon. And also, um, when you're asking for things to talk a little bit about how that's going to bring value to the company too. Um, say, for example, you know, it would, I would, could be a better employee if, you know, I could work from home or for a few more dollars a week, I, this is what I can deliver to you. So, you know, I, I think if you walk in saying like, you know what, I, or take the attitude of I deserve more money, you're not going to really get anywhere with that. But if you can somehow prove your value for that extra money that you're asking for, and that could be with some of the research that you have, say, well, your competitor pays the creative director this. I'd like to get a little closer to that. I know you were asking for this, but after I've met you and I've seen what is all involved, if we get a little closer to that or make that a goal within the uh, next couple of years, then um, let's get that in writing and um, I can prove myself and, and X. But, you know, it has to be a little bit of a, um, a fact-based ask in a way, too, not just s- sounds like you're just trying to ask what ask for something, just ask for something like, well, my last job I made, well, that was your last job, and you don't want to be there anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, really talk about what you can bring to the table, the value you can bring, and then th- they'll definitely be more willing to um, negotiate, too. Yeah, that's a great point. It's not just about what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> about what 
you need and what they need. And to your point, like maybe you're bringing an extra skill set that wasn't even necessarily asked for in the job, but you can contribute. Right. So that's more value. Yeah, that brings more value. Like, hey, you know, I can also take on some of the copywriting because mm-hmm. I'm a creative director, but that was my background and I still enjoy writing. If that is a gap they need filled, then maybe they can pay you a little more because they don't have to go hire a copywriter or outsource it or whatever. So, you know, there may be some trade-offs that you can make based on what you're bringing to the table. Yeah, everybody is a little unique with what what they have to offer. The one thing, too, I want to add as well, because we started the conversation by saying, you know, like, people don't know or whatever. Um, Don't be afraid to ask either. This is something that is incredibly common. I mean, I think when we all first started our first job and it was, you know, like, five, ten, fifteen dollars an hour, that was it. <laughs> that was a negotiation. But now if you have a little more um, experience and things like that, don't be afraid to stand up for your own skill sets too. I mean if you really believe that you ha- can bring a value, um, n- just know that this is part of it. Nobody likes it. M- much like your analogy of buying a car. People know we're gonna have a conversation. This is what we do. It's not the sticker price. Um, so people are really comfortable with talking about that. Um, it's pretty rare when you run into somebody that doesn't um, that, that isn't willing, I, I would say, to have that conversation. It still might not get you anywhere. They might say, nope, the deal's the deal, and that's it. But they're not afraid to hear somebody come in and just say, can we talk about this? Or I have a question about this. Or before I make my decision, you know, what sort of benefits do you have? And things like that. So um, people are very much used to that. So don't think that you're um, the outlier by, or, or like, I don't want to be greedy, or I don't want to blow the whole thing. Um, just, you know, approach it in a tone that it just sounds like, you know what, let me just help me, help me kind of sort this out in my own head if this is going to be a good fit for us both. Yes, very, very much so. I think there's also a point of knowing when you've hit their limit. Like you have to read the body language, the tone of voice, which is why it's great to have a conversation. Um, and listen for what's not being said. Like that tells (laughs) you just as much. And and you have to be savvy, just like mm-hmm. with any negotiation, of knowing, like, okay, I've kind of hit the limit. This, you know, th- this is where we are. I can say yes or no, but don't keep pushing it. Right. It's a kind of a delicate balance, and we have seen it where people have pulled offers off the table because people just kept asking, or they were just, you know, way out of their league as far as what they were asking for. So, you know, treat it with a lot of respect. You know, you will, will hopefully be living with these people, basically, <laughs> um, much like you're getting a new roommate or something. So you want everything to just work out well and everybody's getting a fair share and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, treat it as such, you know, just very, very kindly and be polite, be timely. And people will keep, and just, you know, just keep the conversation going because um, once it shuts off, that's kind of it. They get tired of you and that's it's it. We have seen it happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, conversely, it's fine to take some time to consider. So say you get to your you know, point where everyone sort of says, okay, this is the deal. You don't have to say yes at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's fine to say, great, you know, may I have you know 24 hours to talk to my family, to think that's it over. Tip. That's very common and no one's going to judge you for it. It's completely fine. I mean, obviously, you're making a big life change. Mm-hmm. You might want to talk to your spouse or, or, you know, do the math on the healthcare benefits to make sure it's similar to what you have. You know, those kind of details you want to go through. It's fine to take that time. Just don't take too much time. Mm-hmm. One day is, good. you know, 24 over the weekend, hours. Maybe. Yeah, or over the weekend, 24 to 48 hours, and telling them, I'll, I'll you know, I'm giving myself an amount of time. I'll get back to you, you know, tomorrow or on Monday mm-hmm. or whatever. And then living up to that, whatever date you set, living up to it, it, it 
questions start stirring around when things drag on. Yes. So one of our great mentors always says time kills deals. Yes. So the and that's on both sides. So the longer it's dragging on and the more it's just sitting out there as an unknown, the more it, you know, things start to get questioned. Mm-hmm, well, maybe mm-hmm. does, does she really want the job? I'm not really right. sure. She hasn't come back to me what yet. What about that other person? Let's see you know. if they're still available. Yeah, you she, know, she said Monday, and now it's Tuesday. You know, just give yourself some time, but stick to the time you gave yourself and make a decision. Like at some point, you just have to decide. So mm-hmm. make your decision, and whatever it is, be polite. Like you said, be you know professional. You're going to run into people. It's a small community wherever you live and work so you know handle it professionally even if you say no you know that's that's how it works sometimes but the way you handle it will mean a lot in the future right and really think about that no just in that you know how are you going to present that is you know did you have some sort of you know gut instinct that just said you know I this is not going to work and I'm not going to take it don't force it if if you don't have to, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, or you know, sometimes people are considering a couple of offers, and, mm-hmm. and be honest may, with that too. Yeah, you may just say, "I'm I'm accepting another offer," but mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Maybe it, you know, maybe we'll work together in the future. That's not unheard of right. to happen. If you don't burn the bridge, just right. don't you know, don't burn the bridge, and right. and it might be there for you in the future. You never know who you'll work with or who might show up working at your new company <laughs> in a year. Right. It's like, it oh, you're that person that, you know, asked for too much or yeah. never got back to us never, about that job. Never called back. We made an offer and you never called us back. You don't want to be that person. No, absolutely <laughs> not. You want you want to be very professional with this uh, above anything, um, just to be timely, carry this all the way through. So if anything, your, your reputation stays intact. There might be another opportunity, too. You know, like it might not be this particular job, but it's like, you know what? I, we met you. You were great. And now we have another opportunity six months later and we think you'd be a fit. Um, so yeah, definitely just treat it the best you can to get what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, you know, you get the job you want and all of the things that you want that go with it and, and sail off into the sunset. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about, please send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. Please subscribe and join us next time for more creative career tips. <laughs>